0: Hello and welcome to the ALC Pan-African Radio's Talking Africa program. Talking Africa provides in-depth interviews with experts and other actors in the field of peace and security in Africa.
1: Hello and welcome to uh, Talking Africa. I'm Desmond Davis and my guest today is Major General Mohamed Idris, recently of the Nigerian Army who retired last month and the 26th commander of the Nigerian Defence Academy. Uh, Major uh, General Idris, I mean, you, you were talking about professional military education for the Nigerian Army. Why is it so relevant right now?
0: Uh, well, professional military education uh, is relevant, especially in Nigerian Army, because, as uh, against uh, training, it is education that makes you smarter. It is education that makes you know the relevance of the training you are given. For example, recently uh, the Amnesty came out. Uh, accusing Nigerian military of human rights abuse. It's wanting uh, to go to the war to fight a war, but it is education that gives you a reason of why you are fighting that war, how you should fight it in an ethical way, what you should do and what you should not do. It gives you a reason uh, to do something uh, uh, properly And uh, when you are not doing it, it gives you a reason to understand why you are not doing it. Without education, you are just like an animal. Well, indeed, I mean,
1: this begs the question. I mean, why is it that the Nigerian army is finding it so difficult to deal with Boko Haram when it did so well in Liberia and Sierra Leone where there were rebel armies too?
0: Well, Nigerian army is finding it difficult and any other army will find it difficult. Uh, uh, We do respect Because it's a different context. You mentioned Liberia and Sierra Leone. The war of uh, Boko Haram is a different kind of war from that of Liberia and Sierra Leone. Secondly, the context is also different. In Liberia and Sierra Leone, we are fighting non enemy with non leaders. With a particular location in the Boko Haram insurgency, we are fighting a faceless enemy that doesn't really have doctrine. That you don't even know what they need. Oh, no, in Syria? Zy- uh, Zy- in does Zy- uh, in, uh, in, in the Zy- Boko Zy- Haram,
1: Al-Ibea you fighting enemies you knew, still like we are for the Syria. That's
0: what I'm saying. Yes. In Liberia and you we were fighting the enemies that we knew. Yes, they have leaders. Mm-hmm. They are. Uh, Reason for fighting are known, mm-hmm. so you can negotiate with them. They are localized in certain areas, but unlike Boko Haram, uh, their needs are really not uh, defined. Their leaders are not known; they are faceless, and they they are everywhere. You don't know. They, you cannot distinguish between who is a Boko Haram or he, who is a, a street urchin for example, on the street. And today I can have a son in the house, he can be radicalized, tomorrow he can be a Boko Haram. So that is the kind of nature of the enemy, enemy we are fighting and that is why it is more difficult because uh, traditionally uh, we are not prepared for this kind of engagement. But, but, but we are becoming wiser anyway.
1: Yeah, but don't you think that uh, maybe with the advent of civilian rule in, in, in Nigeria uh, they decided to water down the, the powers of the army coups cool. because I mean under military rule, the Nigerian army was very efficient.
0: It's not like that. The ch- again, the challenges are different. A Nigerian army under the military rule who faced with this insurgency will still have been faced with the kind of... The, remember, under the, the military regime, we didn't have social media. But now one incident that happened in this room, uh, through the help of technology and social media can be can be broadcasted everywhere in the world. So the impact will be more than, uh, the problem you have at hand will be more than what you ordinary will have if it were limited to this locality. So the challenges are different because of the context and definitely the approach to it will be different. Well, but the, again, the dynamics of the uh, challenges are so that they happen so fast that we are virtually running after it to, to well, handle it rather than... Uh, the the challenge is ahead of us.
1: Well, this brings me to a very important point because you're talking about uh, a professional military education for the Army. But I looked through the, uh, the, the, the program for the, both the Defence Academy and the, uh, the Staff College. There's nothing to do with strategic communication. That's very, very important these days because the American Army pays a lot of attention to strategic communication and information operations. Mm-hmm. That is what is failing with the Nigerian I mean, Army. You're talking about social media, but you're not up to it. It's a challenge.
0: Yes, we, we you're right. There's nothing like strategic communication, but we do strategic communication uh, in a limited way. Even the American I Army mean, strategic commu- communication is something that I would say is uh, relatively new. Uh, is not uh, embedded uh, in the system as you will want to think. But they are faster than us in learning. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 2012, I think, uh, we uh, did in the National Defense College, we did a strategic communication seminar that lasted over a week. Mm -hmm. The American uh, military, the State Department and the uh, British MOD participated and partnered with us both in the participation of the event and in funding of the event. It was well successful and it led to the restructuring of the curriculum of uh, the the NDC Mm -hmm. uh, to include strategic communication. Uh, We were to set up a new uh, outfit in the military and a new unit to be trained for strategic communication, which will be operational and be deployed in the combat area. Uh, but because of the changes in leadership, certain things were slowed down. Uh, that is why it was not realized. So, so
1: which means that there is no continuity in 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 the education system within the Nigerian Army.
0: As it were? Uh, yes and no. It, it, there is continuity, but there is no continuity to the extent that if you have a change of leadership, uh, emphasis might shift uh, and focus might shift. So certain things might get slowed down. What I start today may not be completely uh, thrown away, but uh, it may slow down a little bit because uh, anybody that comes may have his own emphasis. But anything that will have been started, uh, especially new things, Uh, that are laudable will continue, but if they are not embedded in the system, it will take time to mature. You know, the military is a traditionally conservative society. It's difficult to change cultures and it's uh, normally difficult to introduce new cultures.
1: But but as you said in your lecture here today at King's College, there's a need for a doctrine that will guide uh, this sort of thing. Mm So, so, so how yes about, about there's
0: a need for a unified doctrine. Mm-hmm, yes. For now the for example in all our trial service institutions we train we are in, in, uh, in uh, uh, the services, the Army, Navy Air Force we don't have a training doctrine that unifies our training uh, that makes us link together but as you find it today the Air Force is in the field supporting the military, uh, the army uh, in the insurgency war. So we need to reduce it down to a point whereby, even in training, we will be exercising and be doing those kind of things. We will be be simulating those kind of exercises before we are faced with the challenge. If we do it as a service, uh, one service only affair and wait only for the challenge to confront us, it will be difficult to uh, operate when people are dying. But it seems as
1: if it's uh, an uphill task for you guys because you did say in your lecture that you, you don't have a system whereby you have learnings learned, lessons learned so that at least you, cannot make, you can learn from the past so that you don't make mistakes in the future. How are you going to go about that?
0: Yes, we, we don't have something. Uh, the lessons learned system is more or less individual. But uh, recently in India, we set up uh, uh, new uh, centres in the Nigerian Defense Academy at the Postgraduate School uh, Center for Leadership Complex Operations and Lessons Learned. And we have started by documenting our operation in ECOMOG. It was supposed to be a big volume, but we reduce it to individual volume, seven volumes, so that each aspect of the operation, or engagement in ECOMOC will have a small mini volume that is readable uh, to people instead of having big volume. Uh, for example, the first volume that we publish is the introduction and why we went into the war. There is going to be the military operations aspect of the war. There is going to be the uh, uh, diplomatic aspect. There is going to be the legal aspect. This is our effort to try and document past operations from various aspects of our engagement so that we can learn. The next thing is uh, that we are trying to do before I left is to uh, take the simulation uh, ex- of exercises and lessons learned into all our pre- professional military education institutions so that whenever we analyze and learn lessons from before it gets to a point whereby we'll implement them in the field we'll have simulated an exercise on them in the simulation centers and before we apply them
1: yes because it's, it's very it's very important that you ensure that you have this lesson learned because i mean so the ECBOC intervention can change intervention, military intervention globally, so we, I mean, you, Nigeria should you be proud of uh, it, it, the role it plays in changing international uh,
0: policies and what have you? Well, you know, uh, this is international politics mm. and uh, nations go do certain things for different reasons. At that time it was military regime. I believe that the government of the day in Nigeria had a reason why it went in, which we all know, and they benefited. Even though with the hindsight of no was that reason. We, we, with the hindsight of what is happening now, we are beginning to say we would have capitalized on that and there are some additional values that we'll have gained, which others are coming to gain from that we didn't lay emphasis on. The, you asked me what was the reason for us going. Yes. Our major reason of going into Liberia and Sierra Leone is to stabilise the region, because if we had allowed it to escalate, naturally all the refugees would have come to Nigeria and you can imagine the kind of crisis we we'll would have had in Nigeria. At that time our military was, uh, had the capacity to stop it there. We had the resources as a nation to help stop it and help them. So that was our primary interest at that time, uh, to stabilize them in the interest of stabilizing the region so that it doesn't escalate. And you know, there are some ethnic uh, connotation to it. Yes. And we all have ethnic uh, differences in the region, not just in Liberia or Nigeria. So it will have spread. So our... Uh, Major interest was to contain it and help them to resolve their problem. I believe we have succeeded. There are other things that we would have gained from it, but at that time, that was not the focus.
1: But do you see a a change in the focus of the Nigerian army with an ex-military man now in power? In what way? Well, I mean, reviving the fortunes of the Nigerian army, which we believe were undermined by the civilian regime.
0: Well, I don't, to start with, I don't believe that the military was undermined by the civilian regime, one. Number two, the military man coming uh, as a, a civilian president, uh, you have to understand, even though he understands the military, yes, that may um, help him to appreciate some of our challenges because he has been there before, but you will uh, agree with me that he left the military many years ago. The military that he served in is quite different from the military we have today. The, the dynamics of challenges are quite different, but he may still have a better understanding of the military than a purely civilian, but whether he's a military or not, today he's there as a politician.
1: Yeah, but former uh, President uh, Jonathan did say that uh, he was being undermined by it, uh, members of his government, members of the army, members of the security forces.
0: Well, if he says he was being undermined by members of the army, members of his government, members of his uh, security forces, that does not mean that he was being undermined by the military, because members of the army are different from members of security forces. Because security forces include paramilitary, and it's it's uh, uh, certainly it's not part of his government. Part of his government is uh, are politicians, so there must have been some certain conspiracy against him, which may have. Included the military, so you cannot use that to blame the military for undermining him. Okay, because you, you did say that uh,
1: the, the the officers in the army are supposed to lead, mm-hmm. but we had reports, I mean, when uh, President Jonathan was in power, that I mean, other ranks were actually firing, shooting at their, at their, at their superiors because they thought they were, they were sent into uh, death traps uh, set by the uh, Boko Haram.
0: Well, that is not targeted at undermining the military. That is just a spontaneous action that uh, manifested itself due to, one, battle fatigue, two, lack of command and control, effective command and control in the field. It was localized to that and you saw the response. Mm. The commander was relieved of his duty. He was investigated and he was relieved of his duty and the soldiers who did that uh, the ones that there are evidence that it was battle fatigue made them do that, they went for treatment. The ones that did it deliberately uh, were made to pay the price. What of, the- of uh, 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 being given the appropriate disciplinary uh, action? Yeah, in your lecture, you also mentioned strategic
1: deployment of troops. That's very, very interesting. Can you What do you
0: mean the- when by strategic deployment, deployment of troops? Because
1: you did say that. Uh, when there was this program you're doing with the army officer, you just discovered that the, the attacks were localized, but whereas the troops were sent all over the place. So, I mean.
0: No, well, I, that was not. I was illustrating about uh, education, that uh, you have to, uh, it rather than. education makes you. Uh, it doesn't tell you what to think about it teaches you how to think rather than imposing the thoughts on you. So I gave an example of what we call uh, intelligence preparation of the battlefield Mm -hmm. of a situation where during a particular lecture, uh, some uh, of my uh, uh, subordinates believe that intelligence preparation of the battlefield can only uh, be relevant in a classical, traditional uh, pitched battle so we conducted an exercise to tell them that you can also use that exercise of intelligence preparation of the battlefield in an urban warfare uh, and get the same result
1: but do you see a military uh, solution to the uh, boko haram
0: insurgency well boko haram insurgency in the first place is not a military problem so the military uh, a solution should not be the answer to it. You're saying it's a social problem. It's a social problem that manifested into this insurgency and uh, the military alone, the military can only succeed in stopping the violence to some extent uh, and killing the insurgents, but that may not solve the problem. In fact, if you take it as a military solution only, you might even uh, allow it to mutate and exacerbate into another future problem. The Boko Haram, the answer to Boko Haram, uh, rather than say it's a military uh, solution only, uh, to me it has to be an all-stakeholder approach solution. Uh, Because, uh, like, for example, in some other climes, like in America and other places, they are talking about all-government approach. In Nigeria, because of our uniqueness, all-government approach will only translate into military government. I mean, uh, sorry, into uh, uh, federal government. But if you say all stakeholders approach, it makes more sense because it means that the parents will have a role, teachers will have a role, traditional rulers will have a role, a role local authority will have a role before you start coming into the federal uh, system where the, the, the police and the military will, will, will come in. This is a local problem. If, at the local level, uh, we can take responsibility and solve the problem, it would not have es- escalated to a national problem.
1: Well, well, that's the point, because, I mean, you have Muslims in the South. Why don't we have that sort of problem in the South, of radicalization, of attacks?
0: We do have radicalization of Muslims in the South also. There are evidence of uh, some Southern uh, Muslims, especially from the Southwest, uh, among the, some of the Boko Haram insurgents that were uh, captured. Uh, but it's not high profile because the uh, kind of Islam pra- they practice in the north, it's uh, uh, not the same, uh, doctrinally Is the same, but the approach is different. For example, the, in the south, the Muslims in the south are more tolerant. Because in one family you will find people doing uh, in one family you find people doing different kinds of religion Christians Muslims enemies, in the one family they don't care but in the in the and they are more ceremonial when it comes to religion but in the in the north we are more especially when it comes to uh, uh, the Islamic religion. uh, The North is more ritualistic in that area. Uh, That is why you have a little difference. But we do have radicalization all over the place. Like I said, it's a social problem uh, that people are using Islam as a weapon uh, to give a multiply effect for their recruitment and other things, rather than uh, an Islamic problem.
1: You talked about a multifaceted approach to ending the uh, the insurgency, the rebellion in the North. I mean, do you envisage something like what happened uh, with men in the, in the Delta region? I mean,
0: Yes, I envisage that and even more. For example, in the case of men, what uh, the government did was to uh, 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 try to uh, disarm the militants and give them jobs. Uh, their objectives are known. It's more of uh, Associated with resources, resource control, but in the in the north with Boko Haram, it's far deeper than that. It's more i ideological and uh, sometimes uh, criminal. Uh, so there are a lot of things that needed to be to be done, both consistent uh, with what happened in Niger Delta and even beyond that.
1: Yes, but also uh, in your lecture, you did mention something that. Uh reduction in armed forces uh, does not work for Nigeria. You think that uh, a force of one million should be be found for Nigeria, but how can Nigeria sustain an armed force of one million?
0: Well, you are like reading my mind. My take uh, or thesis is that we should have at least a million man strong military, not just the army but uh, the whole military. The reason is you have to look at it not from the narrow military perspective, uh, you have to look at it from the larger perspective of uh, uh, economies of scale and the and the political economy of it. Uh, for example, all over, since uh, the return of uh, the civilian regime, we've had our leaders going all over the world asking for investors to come in to Nigeria to invest. We have resources. But people are reluctant because there is problem with uh, peace and security. But if you have a stabilised system uh, with Security, you don't have to beg people. People will naturally come. And the money you are talking about, how much is it that we need to spend in the armed forces that we, especially a million man compared to what we are losing in a day, for example, in the theft of oil or in the corruption that is going on in the system? So if our institutions are uh, uh, matured and they are able to work properly, and we have a large armed forces. I believe that uh, by implication, it will stabilize the system, and uh, the resources uh, that that stability will bring about should be able to cater for the armed forces. And behold, you know, forces are being, uh, uh, or militaries have uh, been uh, expanded when there are challenges, and when there are no challenges, they are being reduced. So if we have uh, a stable environment, uh, we can demobilize just like we did during the Civil War. Uh, And because of the challenges we have, we need more men, more boots on the ground. And who are these people that we are going to put on the ground? Remember, the challenge we are having are Nigerians. They are not foreigners. Largely, they are Nigerians who are young men that could be in the military, who are underemployed, who who don't have a stake in the system. By increasing the intake, significantly in the military, you are giving those who ordinarily will have gone into insurgency and other criminal activity a stake in the system. If they last even a little while in the military, by that codified culture of the military that you have instilled on, on them, even if they come out and go back into crime, you will have succeeded in using that culture of the military to shape their behavior. And that means that they will be better criminals, if I will say so. Uh, rather allow them uh, to start bombing people and killing themselves.
1: So, so you, you are thinking more or less of expanding the Nigerian army to socially engineer behaviour in society?
0: Of course, what we need to solve this problem and other problems like the corruption is social re-engineering. I will need to take it from all facets. If the military is part of you, you know the military, we have a codified way of behaviour. If you can, for example, we have the National Youth Service Code now. To some extent, it has been, the purpose for which it was made, uh, established, has been bastardized. So if you can transform things like that, for example, and make them do a military service of, say, one year, for example, you will have succeeded in, in helping the system. At least by being in the military, they will understand issues like uh, the purpose of national security, the purpose of why we should be in peace, and the consequences of not being in peace. You have made them a better person, better people.
1: Well, I mean, that's a very good idea. Why do you then think of introducing what's called national service within the army, so that you don't join the army but at least spend at least six months within the armed forces? That will create better discipline. But well, we already
0: have a national forces, national service that lasts for one year. But that's not within the armed forces. But it is the army that trained them, and they they are deployed. But what I'm saying is, it was bastardized. If you do this, will require a lot of deep thinking and uh, maybe all the major stakeholders have to put their heads together, and of course the politicians have to decide what they want. If it is national service, if it is a standard reserve, if it is uh, uh, the youth core that is there. But what I'm saying is we need to give uh, hope to the younger ones who are unemployed. We need to uh, have a system whereby we can give them a stake in the system. Even that stake is just one stick of cigarette or one piece of cola. not. Let them wake up one morning and say, look, I I have to behave and be of good behaviour because of this a piece of cola nut or one stick of cigarette. That will help the system. For now, there are a lot more younger people who are growing that have not uh, that stake in the system. So they are easily radicalised. Yeah, so okay,
1: but uh, as Nigeria I got the money for that sort of uh, exercise, your suggestion.
0: You don't look at it from... Like I said, look at it from the political economic point of view. You don't look at it from the giving aspect only. I mean, taking aspect. You look at it from give and take aspect. Of course, if you do an investment, you will get a return of your investment if you do it correctly. So if you invest in your youth going into the military, uh, when they go into the military, they will come out, even in retirement, with certain skills, they will come out with some sense and sensibilities of national unity, uh, understanding of national security and patriotism. You will have gained wherever they go after that. Even if they go into the crime, that is still latently embedded in their their heads.
1: With your 35 years experience in the Nigerian armed forces, what do you see as the future of the armed forces of
0: Nigeria? The future of the armed forces is bright and very bright. We are in an age of information technology, whereby the world has been made a smaller place. The uh, level of uh, leaders we have in the army today are better educated, are more experienced, are more educated than our uh, leaders of the past. Uh, in the past, you have had people who have spent less than uh, 20 years, they have reached the peak of their ranks. But today, uh, the minimum you spend on each rank and, and as an officer is probably five years. In that five years, you have to at least uh, uh, rotate at least minimum of uh, two or three units uh, in different uh, client, either within or outside the country before you are promoted. You have to be have some level of education uh, before you are promoted. So, in a nutshell, uh, you are more rounded uh, to behave. So, all we uh, uh, need to do is to have a critical. Uh, mass of people who will use that education and their training uh, in a better way and not in a selfish way. Because it's one thing to be educated but as an individual you can use and misuse it. But I think uh, so far, I think the future is bright for our military.
1: Major General Mohammed
0: Idris, yes, sir. former commandant of the Nigerian Defense Academy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Africa and ALC Pan-African Radio. For these and other programs, please visit our website at alcpanafricanradio.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Radio ALC and on Facebook at African Leadership Center. For feedback on these and other programs, please send an email to info at